Hey guys, what is up? Welcome to DreamWork. If you are back again and you listened last week, thank you so much for returning. If it's your first time, welcome. We are pretty much available across all podcast platforms now, so that's pretty cool. Uh, oh, I am Colin Delaney, and in a moment, I will be joined by my tag team partner, Cheech. Together, we are the team of Two Infinity and Beyond. Uh, tag team specialists, two guys who have basically uh, dedicated our pro wrestling careers to tag team wrestling, you know. Uh, Cheech started out in Special K, then moved on to the team of Up in Smoke with Cloudy for a very long time. Uh, I basically started training to be Jimmy Olsen's partner in the Olsen Twins, which I was in for a very long time. And now for about the last six years, me and Cheech have been rocking and rolling as to infinity and beyond. So we hope that each week we can bring a little bit of our knowledge and passion for tag team wrestling to you guys here on the podcast. Speaking of the podcast... Each week here on DreamWork, me and Cheech will choose a different tag team from the history of professional wrestling. We will watch some matches, do some homework, and then talk about what made that tag team so great. Uh, if you have suggestions for tag teams you would like us to talk about or something you would like to hear, I will probably make a Twitter for this podcast uh, soon. But until I do, hit me up on Twitter at ExtremelyCute. Um, and yeah, without further ado, let's get into this week's podcast. This week, we are talking about, at a total combined weight of 525 pounds, at least in 1991 they were, hailing from Detroit, Michigan, Rick and Scott Steiner, the Steiner Brothers. Can you hear me? Yep, I got you, buddy. Well, then holla if you hear me, because we are talking Steiners. <laughs> Dude, I'm pumped. So it's a story of two brothers, honestly, Rick and Scott. You already beat me to it, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's get right down to it, though, with the most important question, Cheech. Which theme song did you enjoy more? Oh, that one, uh, Steinerized. Wow, I have a soft spot for the uh, the Michigan fight song, even though I hate Michigan. Oh no, no, no! I mean, I, no, it, it's a story of two brothers, Rick and Scott. Come on, that that it, it end it begins and ends there. Ugh, it felt so majestic when they came out to the Michigan fight song. I thought, I don't know. Yeah, when WWE put that big polish on them, whatever. <laughs> Oh, I'm so excited for this. I'm, I've been waiting all week while I'm watching Steiners. Uh, the whole time, every time I, I come up with something different and I have a different thought about them, I think, I wonder what Cheech thinks about this. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah, I've got some thoughts. I've got some thoughts. All right. So let's, uh, let's start by, by talking about the Steiner brothers and who they were as a team. Uh, so as a team, I counted 12 total tag team title reigns, uh, and that's of the, the, the big main ones. Uh, 
most yep. most yep. notably most notably seven NWA slash WCW. That's one in NWA and then six WCW. There's one NWA US tag championship run, which they lost to the Freebirds. The match is kind of whatever. Uh, two IWGP and two WWF. Yeah, no, all makes sense. All makes sense. And yeah, uh, the US title one, yeah, the Freebirds. But I always loved those belts because they were they had the red belts. Agreed. Um, they have... Uh, they are a just like the Dudley Boys. They are a two-time PWI Tag Team of the Year in 1990 and 1993. Okay, okay. 90 is a little crazy because, uh, as we will get into, they only started teaming in January of 89. So for them to be the tag team of 1990 is a bit crazy. And 93 is their WWF year. Okay. Well, yeah, it makes sense because I mean, when they hit the scene, they hit it hard. Because I mean, they were pretty like like they covered all the bases pretty quick. They are 1991 PWI match of the year. Can you name that one? Oh, is that versus Sting and Luger? That is versus Sting and Luger from Super Brawl. Yep. Uh, They are also the 1991 Observer match of the year which is a different match from the same year. Can you name what the Observer would have enjoyed more that year? Probably something overseas because it's the Observer. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> um, I don't know. Probably. Did the, was that like when the Sting and Muda one went down? It is against Hase and Sasaki. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that one was good too. I mean... All their stuff over there was great. I mean, kind of blends a little together, but was all still good over there. As we just discussed, they were two-time PWI Tag Team of the Year in 90 and 93, yet had two Match of the Years in 1991. What gives? They didn't want to be greedy. They didn't want to be greedy. (laughs) I I did not look up who won it in 91, but after this podcast, I am absolutely looking up who won in 1991. Yeah, we got to know who that is. Uh. As we discussed before, uh, we don't discuss their singles runs as much. But in 1991, Scott ranked number six on the PWI 500, and Rick ranked 10. Yeah, I think that was the year when uh, they gave they, they split them up for a little bit. Scott got like that sort of television title run, I believe. And the, here's the thing. If you put them all in short spurts, they're going to be impressive. You know what I mean? So once again... PWI Match of the Year, 1991. Observer, Match of the Year, 1991. Scott ranked 6, Rick ranked 10. They are not the Tag Team of the Year. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, other, other, other facts I, I wrote down. Uh, one of the most glaringly obvious is the Steiner Brothers are not in the WWE Hall of Fame. Really? Well, uh, are they running Michigan anytime soon again? I mean, who knows when they're running anywhere anytime soon again. But, I mean, I don't know. Uh, that's uh, That seems insane to me, though. Yeah, I feel like that'll be remedied soon enough. We dis- they're running out, you know what I mean? We discussed the Dudley boys, uh, and they are in the Hall of Fame. Uh, the Steiner brothers seem to me like they are just the generation before that Dudley boys, you know? Yeah, they're kind of that in between where they have, and plus, you know, they're WCW guys. So, I mean, they haven't really like mined that fully yet. So, I'm sure they'll get around to it. Wild. 
Uh, as I said, they, they actually only started teaming together in 89. Rick started wrestling in 1983, who was actually highly successful before Scott. Scott started after he got out of college in 86, and they didn't start teaming together until 89. Yeah, yeah. Didn't Scott went down to Memphis, paid some dues? Yeah, for three years uh, separate. So it's not like Rick started, got it going, and then once Scott got out of college, they just got together. They didn't. There was a good couple years without uh, Rick that Scott went on his own and, until 89. Well, that's the thing. Rick was so hot. I think it would have been it would have cooled him down to put him with someone brand new, even if it was his brother. You know what I mean? You don't want to take the shine off Rick just yet. So I think it was like, OK, your brother's fine. He's got to prove himself. And like he did. And I think it was all for the better because, you know, like you said, within their first year, they were team of the year. Yes. Yeah. And uh, their first that, that NWA tag title run was in 89, which was the first year that they teamed. Yeah, like I said, because like, okay, we could get into it. I mean, when Scott came on the scene, when that team, literally when they first came on the scene, they were the, they were so cool. I mean, and they were really good. So like, it totally makes sense that they won team of the year that year, because I'm sure they were brought in hot as heck. They were over. They were good. It makes sense to me. Yeah. And the, the only other thing I wrote down, and it, I'll put context behind it in other ways, you know, like Scott Steiner was actually uh, Impact or TNA tag champs a couple times. And I think he was like Raka King tag champs with Abyss. And he held various other titles, including the WCW world title. But the one thing that I like to note on is that Rick Steiner was also a one time WCW tag team champion with Kenny Chaos. Whoa. <laughs> And I remember that. Uh, so that's pretty much all you need to know about the Steiner brothers. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. Kenny, that, that must have been such a short, jacked team. Jeez, Louis. <laughs> the shoulders on that team alone. Good God. Yeah. Um, so uh, in, your, in your study of the Steiner brothers, what did you watch, Cheech? Well, okay. I, I think we will we'll soon learn. Uh, I like digging into like the, okay, what did you do on like the CTV show? So I was watching some WCW Pro. Uh, I watched uh, them versus like Ming and Barbarian for like eight minutes, uh, digging into Monsoon Classics collection. Um, but then I also watched like, uh, I made sure I watched uh, them versus Sting and Luger and Harlem Heat, which was kind of cool because it was like two different generations almost. But big, big meaty men. <laughs> um, what else did I see? Oh, I watched some of their WWF stuff. I watched like Heavenly Bodies. Um, there was another one. Oh, I recently, and I'm sh- I will leave it all to you. The the them versus the, versus the Samoans. Oh, the head shrinkers, you mean? Yes, 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 that one. I caught that one, and I was like, oh, boy, so this is college match. I got to see this, so I watched it. Here's the thing. It was a little too overhyped for me, but it basically lived up to the hype. It, oh, my. <laughs> it. I mean, okay, so going into this thing, talking about Steiner Brothers, I thought for mm. sure that I would be all – 92 Steiners. That would be my era. That would be what I loved because that, uh, I mean, from a couple of years ago, that, that is what I love. Steiners and Doc and Gordy and Steiners, uh, you know, 
wrestling the wacky Japanese teams that WCW would bring in and like Sting and Luger from 91. Uh, it turns out that's not what I enjoy watching. Oh. And what I do enjoy watching, their WWF run is hands down my favorite stuff. But I watched, uh, so I watched Sting, them against Sting and Luger. Uh, and I watched them against Hase and Sasaki because those were both uh, match of the year winners and deserved. Uh, I also watched uh, them against the Andersons from Wrestle War 90. I watched the Heavenly Bodies. I watched them against Fujinami and uh, Izuka. I watched them oh, against but- the Beverly Brothers. I watched a fun Road Warriors match from 96, which is after the the Steiners were in WWF, but before the Road Warriors went back to TV. Um, so I kind of tried to get a, a across-the-board look at the Steiners, you know? Yeah, no, I, I also did. I made sure I saw the Sting and Luger one. I, I, I clicked on a YouTube one that just said Steiners versus Jobbers. Uh, that one was kind of fun, and that one was super early. That must have been like, that was definitely like 89 or 90 because Scott was still in the trunks. Um, I saw a Chono Sasaki one from TV. Uh, I saw a Doc and Gordy one. And yeah, it's it was just so much fun. <laughs> so uh, if we can start at the beginning of the Steiners, one of the first things I wrote down was mostly a game of one-upsmanship and nobody could one-up the Steiners. Okay, the way I saw it, they were they were having fun on their own independently. They were going to let you do what you wanted, but when they wanted to have fun, they were just going to do what they wanted. But isn't that kind of the same thing? Like, they, they would do their things, and then they would say, okay, what do you got? Oh, nothing cooler than us? Cool. We're going to keep doing our stuff then. Yeah, it was, but like in them two, like with each other. But then, like I know, like specifically, like in the Doc and Gordy matches, I was like, both teams are having fun, one upping each other while still working, but still definitely you know, a whole lot of machismo going on in there. Yeah, th- uh, that's what the Sting Luger match really gives off to me. So for the Doc and Gordy matches, you see Doc and Gordy. For the record. I say Doc and Gordy. Uh, I have to start specifying to people who don't know specifically Dr. Death Steve Williams and Terry Bam Bam Gordy. Uh, All all big, large men who's famous for throwing around other men. So when you got them all in the ring together, it was just uh, who was better and who could throw someone higher or farther or cooler, you know? Yeah, it was especially those guys because like they were all badasses. Like at one point, it was just head drop receipt, head drop receipt, head drop receipt, and like they were just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, and like it's to a degree the same when they wrestled like Sting and Luger, but it was less of like who can do the cooler or bigger thing, but like who could get the bigger reaction because Sting and Luger, their stuff wasn't cooler but they knew how to fire up and get the people behind what they were doing more, you know? Yeah, that's why that Super Brawl match is, like, if you look at it, like, if you probably had it on, like, mute, it might not be as good, but, like, it's just, it's, they're just, they know what the crowd loves, and they're like, oh, you like seeing us throw around each other. All right, we're going to throw each other around. It was great. 
Yeah, and then uh, I got into, you know, I watched them against the new Wild Samoans from Starcade, which I, I just want to make reference to. The Starcade 89 had the coolest set of all time. Like, the wrestlers were coming down off of, like, uh, uh, like a po- like this giant American Gladiator-style, like, it was uh, way above the crowd is where they all came out from. And it was super cool. Yeah, they had some definitely some cool gimmicky stuff back in the day. Sometimes it definitely missed, but sometimes it definitely hit. Uh, I watched them against the Andersons from Wrestle War '90, which uh, I didn't even realize Ole Anderson was still really at it in '90, but he was. But when I got to WWF stuff, is really where I started to sink in and go, man. Uh, so what they did well was like toss people around and do that kind of game of one-upsmanship. But when they got to WWF, they kind of honed into what a traditional tag team psychology was, which works so much better for them. Okay. I hated it. I did not like their WWF. (laughs) (laughs) I did not like seeing them. And here's the thing. This was way before, like, you knew if you were going there, you'd have to, like, change your style, etc. And they didn't really change their style, but, like... Like, I feel like WWE, like, smoothed the edges too much for me. Like, they were wearing the same singlets every time. And they were, and it was just like, ah. And I think a big reason, like, their work was still great. The matches were still good. But part of the enjoyment was seeing them throw around big dudes. And WWF at that time did not have big dudes. Like, it wasn't impressive throwing around IRS and the heavenly bodies. Yes, but. Uh, even when I was watching the the stuff from WCW, what I really enjoyed was when I would see them working against the team who was smart and who would who uh, would beg off and powder and grab the ropes, you know, to like feed away from the Steiners and get away from the stuff and and use their smarts to outsmart the Steiner. Uh, growing up, I think I always loved when the Steiners would just throw bodies around. But now as I get older, I I like the smarter things. Like uh, I I wrote down at one point, let me see if I can find it. Oh, not a lot of thought needed to understand Steiner's psychology. No, that was one thing I also realized. Like, uh, and it also made them really good. Dare I say great is like the narrative for their team exactly matched their team. It was like, they look at them. They're in singlets. They're wearing headgear. They look like amateur wrestlers. They've got Letterman jackets. Oh, they really are amateur wrestlers. Oh, they're using amateur wrestling moves. Like it all just seamlessly flowed together. Whoever is watching this at home, put on a Steiner Brothers match. And if Scott doesn't start the match with a leg pick, I owe you a dollar. Oh, well, okay, hold on. I'm just kidding. I see some matches. <laughs> But yes, he was, and here's the other thing I noticed, because uh, I'll tout, I wrestled all through high school. So, like, I noticed Scott is way more the amateur wrestler. Like, you can tell that Rick uh, had a few years in the business. Like, he's very much, like, pro wrestling and some suplexes, whereas Scott, early on, as long as he wanted to, I think as long as his body held up, was still doing leg picks. He was doing leg dives. He was doing, uh, like, if you got a single on him, he would do the in-out roll. Like, it was impressive. Yeah, I 
I'm, I can't even tell you how many matches I watched between uh, early WCW, WWF, late WCW, uh, all the way through. He will lock up. First thing he's doing is picking a leg right off the get. Yeah, his stuff. And then even like like even the uh, where he, he he's always grabbing an arm and trying to throw you like it's little things that I noticed. But even like even Jr. noticed. But like I, I have in my notes, I was like, Jr. did not have a tough job calling Steiner matches. You know what I mean? It was <laughs> like you said, if you saw it, it was pretty. It was all very evident. Like him, literally, all he had to do was go. They wrestled in college. Look at them. And then they're going to show you that they look like guys who wrestled in college. Yeah, 100 uh, percent. I I didn't write it down in my notes, but Scott Steiner was the runner Big Ten tournament runner up three years in a row. He never won the Big Ten tournament, but he was runner up three years in a row. I was going to say, based on his style, I would go, I bet you he was probably a little bit more successful than Rick. Do you have a favorite Steiner Brothers match that you watched? Oh, it was obviously Stig and Lex. Because, I mean, like, I don't know what I, – I, it was – I think it was everything. It was the tans on the bodies. It was jacked. It was the bright, colorful uh, gear. Uh, here's the thing. Okay. In their WWF front, I didn't think it was as good because it was weird them doing, like, dog and pony finishes with, like, referee stuff. But then in the Super Brawl match, when Nikita comes out, he hits the spot perfectly. And I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing how they had, you know, that – wackiness at the end but in the fed i didn't like it but in wcw like especially in that match i was just like oh my god it works so great you're ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> the heavenly body so heavenly bodies match growing up was one of my favorite tag team matches of all time um in in watching all of these matches back and you know I love WrestleMania 9. And you know I love that Head Shrinkers match. And I promise you, <laughs> watching it again, I watched it today for probably the third time in the last three days because I like it that much. Oh, don't get me wrong. Like I said, like I, I it's not that their work was bad in WWF. I, I still enjoyed it. I remember, oh, I was so pumped when they were coming because I was like, I know they're from WCW. Oh, my God, this is going to be the best. And it was great. I'm just saying at the end of the day, I still look back. I like him with a little more reckless abandon. I can see that. But the Head Shrinkers match has almost the most reckless abandon of any of their <laughs> WWF stuff. Okay, true, true. Okay, that match was very much an aberration because once again, like I said, that one I like because they were throwing around big dudes. But you know what I mean? Like, but I wanted – like. I want to see Scott putting like Yokozuna on his head, but like that wasn't going to happen. You know what I mean? I would have paid real money to watch Scott Steiner toss Yokozuna in that era. Right. Uh, but in that match, uh, it's the best of both worlds, man. It is like, cause they are throwing big dudes on their heads, but it also makes perfect sense. The head shrinkers, uh, headbutt dynamic works out in their favor a bunch. Uh, Scott and Rick do a double standing out of the top, same corner, top rope clothesline. I knew you would love that. I, when I saw it, I go, oh, I bet you Colin loved that. Oh, God, I love it so much. <laughs> and then the cutoff on Scott Steiner where they go to stun gun him on the top rope, but Samu pulls the top rope down at the same time, and Scott Steiner basically gets thrown over the top rope onto his head is amazing. 
Oh my gosh. And the camera, like, here's the thing, like, the fact that he gets up and lives means, okay, obviously he didn't die, and you don't know how, and you don't, you, you don't know how, because the camera, you just, it's from the backside, you just see him go up, out, and he's just, he just disappears. Don't question it. Don't even question it. And then the camera cuts over, and Appa's hitting him with a kendo stick. It's like, oh, he must have been fine, because he's also getting hit with a stick. Yeah. It was crazy. That, yeah, that, come on, everyone. If you haven't seen that, you got to go see it just for that insane hot shot. But, like, he doesn't get hot shot. He, and it wasn't like he was, like, too close to the ropes or anything. Like, no, like, homeboy flew. And, and if you watch it back, uh, the dude on the floor pulls the rope down, in addition, like it's going to be a low bridge. Yeah. Yeah, which makes it just more scary because it looks like he, there, there's nothing stopping him from going to his head. Unbelievable. I had so many notes from that match. It was crazy. Oh, here's another one I wrote down from that match. But I noticed that the Steiners do this a bunch, but nobody does this. Uh, they tag as their partner's getting thrown out. Like as Scott's getting powdered to the floor, Rick will tag him on his way to the floor to make him legal. You know? Oh, dude, there were so many things about like tag matches back in the day where it was it was so much more free flowing and like things like that could easily happen at any time. Yeah, there's also on the back half of that a bunch of times where the Steiners just came in and ran rough shot. And I feel like the ref was almost too scared to disqualify them. Oh, yeah. Uh, I did see there's a sweet, uh, it's a hilarious spot in the uh, it was Steiners, Harlem Heat, Sting and Lex like. Two guys are in there tussling, and for some reason, Rick and Lex, like, get in the ring like they're going to fight each other, and poor Nick Patrick has to hold them back, and obviously, because they're buddies, oh my god, do they rough up Nick Patrick, acting like they're trying to go towards each other? It's hilarious, and they just, they, like, once again, they're just having fun, like, especially, like, even watching the Super Bowl one, I was just like, oh my gosh, these are, like, dudes who are young hosses, like, running the biz like having fun with their boys in a match i was like that must have just been i would have loved to have, like just like right before they went out of the curtain like just to see what they all four of those guys were like <laughs> i'm <laughs> i agree i'm i'm into that uh one of the last matches i wanted to, to touch on of matches i watched was them against the road warriors from wcw in 1996 is that with the road warriors in the blue tights no that is road warriors in like just about to go to WWF tights. Okay, and what you love about it? I love that it's basically the Steiners were the new Road Warriors. The Steiners were the Road Warriors, but had cooler stuff. You know, like if you watch a Road Warriors match, I promise you, you're going to see the same style of match as you would see with the Steiners, but the Steiners just had cooler stuff, you know? Yeah, their stuff's just, it's explosive to, like, a whole nother degree. It was, yes, it was like, oh, here's Scott Steiner, uh, belly to belly, here comes Rick, go for a leapfrog power slam. Oh, then there's Hawk. Here's a neck breaker, and, uh, ooh, Animal's gonna come off with a diving clothesline. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they were more gonna eat you alive, whereas, like, the Steiners were going to eat you alive, but, like, with style. It comes back to what I wrote down. Literally the first note I wrote watching a Steiner Brothers match was uh, mostly a game of one-upsmanship, and no one could one-up the Steiners. 
And the thing I wrote down was like, it was so easy for the crowd to like believe them. Like anytime, like anytime Scott would hit any move and did that big back flex thing and, and just fired up the crowd was like, yep, absolutely. We believe you. You're fired up. We are fired up as well. Absolutely. 100%. You, yep, yep, yep. We're here for it. Like they were so legit. Like, even if like, even if you didn't know who they were, like they're going to hit, they're going to throw a big man. They're going to go, huh? And they're going to fire up and you're going to go, heck yeah. I'm all right. I'm on board. Who are these guys? I'm with you. If you could, if you could like put a, uh, I don't know, a decibel level on a crowd when, uh, Scotty threw his shoulders back and when <laughs> Rick would bark at the crowd together, like it would probably break. The whole thing would break. Yeah. That and once again, what was great, they were they were separately defined characters. You know what I mean? Like Scott early on was very much it's weird looking at him now, he's very much the American like pretty boy. He just had a big mullet, but he was like the American pretty boy, and his brother was the dog faced gremlin, and it was it was great. Here's another and something else I noted um, with their explosiveness and like the suplexes. Like, okay, when you watch a Taz match, you can see him pop his hips. When the Steiners do it, it almost doesn't even look like they're popping their hips. <laughs> it looks like they're like we're just this strong. Yeah, well, they were just that strong. Once you start to to put them next to other people, you realize, oh shit, they were wide as they were tall they were like they were big bigger than anybody you put them next to almost anybody back then i guess i never really realized it growing up but they were gigantically big yeah it was odd somehow the singlet kind of like because like people talk about how big scotty was like when he became big papa pump like see him in his in like the 90s he was just as big but like he just had a singlet on always gigantic uh another thing i noticed uh, and this one is real small and real weird. Uh, they would hit these giant suplexes and then would almost always, they would never just pin somebody. They would drop an elbow drop and then they would pin somebody. Yeah. You could tell like their style was very much like defined early and like stayed the whole way through. So Nick, Nick Ando pointed this out while we were watching. He goes, Oh yeah. Why would you just, if you just hit this big move, why would you just, lean over and pin the guy why not also do some more damage drop an elbow drop and then pin him and i was like oh yeah i guess that does make sense yeah because especially like they were throwing guys and they were still on their feet it's one thing if you're on the mat like okay go make the pin but it's like nope they're still upright you know get in some more damage yeah now i did want to ask you this because uh i think it's fun in watching all these other matches did you find any like uh gems of like the other team um uh, nothing that nothing that I didn't already know is what I would say, other than the fact that I I did want to go watch more Head Shrinkers matches. Okay. What got me was, and it was a last-minute one, I was watching, you know, going through WCW stuff, and I saw, oh, them versus the Young Pistols of Tracy and Scott, Arm- Scott Armstrong. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, my expectations were low because I was like, okay, you know, two fiery baby face teams. Oh, no, 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 no. This was when the Young Pistols were heels for a little bit. Yeah. So Tracy and him being like shitty Memphis, like dancing and like uh, old school Memphis cutoffs. I was like, oh, I like I need to go dig into that because I knew they had 
um, like flirted and did a little bit of heel work, I think right before they kind of left again. But like now I need to go dig into it because it was just slimy and I loved it. But that's what I'm saying about the signers in general. Like I always I, I always loved them against other big teams just hurling each other around. But now watching it with my current fresh eyes, I love when they work a smart heel team, when they work with a smarter heel team, you know? Okay, then you need to go find that match because, like, I saw that and was like, for some reason, like, their Memphis-style bumping for the Steiners, I liked way more than, like, when the Heavenly Bodies did. Like, the Heavenly Bodies did it great, too, but for some reason, I just found the Young Pistols, like, I was just like, oh, man, if they would have gotten 20, like, if they would have gotten that Young, if the Young Pistols got the Heavenly Body type uh, feud with them, I think it would have been a little better, maybe. I'm going to go watch them against the Young Pistols and then do my own solo pod where I just talk about <laughs> the Steiners and the Young Pistols. Yeah, that one was a that was a fun little gold mine I found in there. All right. Well, Cheech, what is the your overarching what made the Steiners great? Um, I said it earlier, They're, the narrative matched the actual in-ring product so well. You know what I mean? Like, you could listen to the music. It'll tell you. Here's a story of two brothers, Rick and Scott. You know what I mean? Okay. One's short and kind of, you know, the ugly pit bull. And one's the all-American boy. And like, oh, they've got their Letterman jackets. And they're going to go in there and prove to you exactly why they have Letterman jackets. Yeah. Uh I, I can't disagree. Once again, uh, I, I feel like I went on a roller coaster myself where I started watching. And as I've said a couple times, it, one upsmanship and no one could one up the Steiners. But then uh, as it goes on, other people could one up the Steiners. And that is pretty much where the Steiners fell off. So like they kind of rode that train all the way from start to finish. Here we are. Nobody can outdo us. And then they got to an era where people could outdo them. And, and that is what finally did them in. Yeah, but I also feel like it was it was it wasn't like they were still rocking and rolling and then like they ran into like this paradigm shift. I feel like they were you know, I mean they'd already run their course and like, you know, obviously Scotty was making singles overtures, so I feel like it all just it worked out well. Like I okay, I don't feel like they ever looked out of place like LOD two thousand. No, correct. I, I also do not feel like they ever did, but at the same time, I feel like uh once again they were good luck doing good luck being cooler and better than us but then it got to a point where like okay people can do cooler than and better than us so what is our thing that's when they got gross pleather black singlets and ted dibiase (laughs) correct and it's like oh what we have now is uh, bdsm gear and the million dollar man that's still, uh, you know, pretty so-so. But I felt like they, not even a pivot, I felt like it just was natural that, okay, then Scott went and did his thing because he was getting hot, and it was like, okay, they they had, they had a hell of a run as a tag team. Yes. So uh, for me, what made them great was was their athleticism, their their throws, and, and the way they, they did things. Like, you had to 
you had to best them. If you wanted to beat them, you had to best them. So watching those matches, that's what comes through the screen. Like, they're throwing you around. They are doing the coolest things you ever saw. And if you want to beat them, you're going to have to be better than that. And most teams weren't better than that. And a lot of teams had to use nefarious tactics uh, like the Nikita Koloff situation. Uh, they actually won that match. But, you know, like uh, uh, something crazy, like Johnny Polo hit someone with a, a stick for you to beat them because the only way you were going to beat them is to be better than them. And you couldn't be better than them in, in their day. Oh, no, especially in their day. Like, like I, I, it's a weird comparison, but I was like, it's almost like two Brock Lesnars. Yeah. yeah, it is. It was for sure. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Now, Cheech, <laughs> here's where things get dicey. Mm-hmm. How would we have beaten the Steiners? Okay, because we got all right. Here's my thoughts. Because obviously we're thinking they're in their prime. They're down. They're 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 feeling froggy. Now, it would be the scariest experience of all time. Because I feel like once again Scott's gonna go in there. He's gonna pick a single leg, and you're just gonna hold on for dear life. Like I would obviously. You know, the shooter that I am, I'd want to get in there with him and tussle. He would eat me alive, but I would get at least one escape that caught his attention and be like, yeah, that's right. I'm here, too. I'm here, too. And then I would tag out and let you and Rick go in there and do your stuff because I feel like Rick's a little more worker. You guys would gel a little better. But then it would, I think, funny enough, obviously why I liked it, I think we'd have to get shitty like the Young Pistols and get a little memphis and dirty. And I think, I think it would be great because, I mean – it would be odd because we're so tiny to be throwing us around, but it would kind of be fun for the crowd, and then eventually we'd outsmart them. Uh, I, I don't think you're wrong. And like I said before, when I was watching these matches, uh, I prefer them when they're against a smart, like, thinking man's team. There's, not, there's no thought needed to understand what the Steiners are doing. Uh, so I, I don't think that we couldn't outthink them. Um, I personally would play dead a hundred percent 1000 million percent i would play dead i would play dead they would think that i'm dead they would say oh he's dead and they would forget about me completely they would go to you you would be like oh crap and then they'd throw you around a bit and they would totally forget about the fact that i am dead and then i would beat them by accident by accident. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's probably all you can do when you have two Brock Lesnar's, as you said earlier, two Brock Lesnar's. But like, I also feel like, but like, I feel like the first five minutes is the most dangerous. Cause like, I don't know if you noticed when watching the matches and here's the thing, it was mostly with bigger guys who like, I felt were limited where like the open was like arm drag, hip toss, pile driver, power bomb, and then tag out. Like, oh, on one of them, uh, on one of the WCW pros, literally the, the spot to go to the commercial was the Doomsday Bulldog. <laughs> Which became their Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like with, I feel like with big guys, there was that error of, oh, the beginning's the same as the end. We'll just hit crazy big moves throughout the whole thing. Yeah, so... Uh... You survive. That's what scares me. You survive long enough while I play possum or play dead, and they forget about me, and then we win. 
So I get beat up for five minutes and you beat them at 620. <laughs> Survive as long as you can, my man. <laughs> well, uh, I guess that works for me because, I mean, if you're going to get thrown around, who better to get thrown around by? Yeah, correct. A hundred percent. All right. Whew. Well, that is the Steiners. One more in the book. What do you uh, do? You have any thoughts about another team for next week? We had some suggestions thrown out there on Twitter a little bit. We had a suggestion thrown out there on Instagram. Anything uh, you feeling you liking to go to? Not yet. Like I don't know why, but last week at some point it just came to me. Like we were discussing, and I kept holding back, and then I finally was like, "What about the Steiners?" And you were like, "Yup." I go, "Up oh, there it was." So I, I feel like I gotta wait for the, the the gods to bring it to me, All right. or you. We'll figure it out. I'll. Uh... I'll put some thought into it. You put some thought into it. If anybody hears this thing, if it's, if it's hitting your ears, then, uh, then hit us with a message on a team you'd like to hear, and we will uh, we'll let you know what made the dream work.